You are now listening to the Purpose Edit Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweet to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game that's messing it and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Settings Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. Everybody, thank you for tuning in again to the Purpose Addicts Podcast. I'm your co-host, Shane. Uh, Vic calls me Doc. Still getting used to that. Um, Thank you again for tuning in. We're about to hit part two of the conversation. Um, We hope that uh, it's been beneficial, man. And um, part two takes a bigger dip where the conversation becomes a little bit more emotional and um, pointed. But again, we always end with a good laugh. So we hope that... uh, you, you gain something from the conversations. Before we get into the uh, the body of the podcast, just wanted to share a little bit of something that kind of blew my mind, or at least has been on my mind. And I'm not going to get too in-depth because I'm talking by myself, so it's a lot more entertaining when I have Vic to bounce ideas off of. But I will share this little part. Um, a couple months ago, Marshawn Lynch made a big speech about protecting your mentals and your chicken. And it sounds super crazy. But... Um, we are living in the midst of something that we're going to read about in history books and we're going to tell stories about. And um, personally speaking, I've been dealing with a lot of things, whereas, um, you know, I, these times are just crazy. And, and, and mentally, I've just been in a space where I've really had to guard myself and protect myself and turn the TV off. So... Um, TV and social media, not just the television, uh, but social media. Facebook is a uh, a cesspool right now. Twitter, <laughs> they're all cesspools, and we we just have to have uh, we have to take control of what we consume, and that's the advice. Take cons- take control of what you are consuming, and protect your mentals and your chicken. And for those that don't get it, your mentals is your your sanity and your mental health and your chicken is your bread, your money, your guap, your dinero, whatever the kids are calling it, the bag. All right. So protect your mentals and your chicken. All right. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to reach out to us as you have comments, concerns. You can reach us on Facebook. We are also on Instagram and we have a Twitter page, but I'm not sure we actually use that. But, you know, reach out if you see us, man. We love you. And we thank you for tuning in. Enjoy this episode. All right, let me throw this at you, right? So my brain always thinks about systems and processes, right? And you think about, um, you use the the phrase of police to protect and serve, right? That is, in my opinion, a branding that is used in advertising, right? We do slogans so that it's it's memorable um, and that it sticks with you and that when you see this, you feel this emotion. Every brand does it, every business does it. 
And so when you think about the, the branding of the police, of law enforcement, you think about the branding of Black people, you think about the branding of any group, are we seeing the reactions that we're seeing from people who are opposing racism in terms of it existing is simply the result of the branding mechanism that probably has existed forever. No, no, because if it was the branding mechanism, we would see the exact opposite of what we're doing. America, you see what I'm saying? America, would, the opposite, all right? I heard this the other, uh, a while ago. President, o President Barack Obama, who I believe was the worst thing that ever happened to our country. I can explain that later. Okay. President Barack Obama was who we say we want to be, what we want to be. The current occupant of the White House, this is actually who we are. Mm. Mm. Fact. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we, we, want, we want this image of diversity the American yep. dream. Yeah. This is, this is, this is, this, this is, but what we actually are is a very fractured, self-centered society. Mm -hmm. Dishonest mm. society. Uh, mm. A careless society. We don't care about the poor. We don't care about the poor. How we talk about the poor and how the Bible talk about the poor is two different. But in God, we trust, of course, right? It's, 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 it's two different things. So it, it's not the branding because if America was living up to who we are, what we are, what we say we are, this would look different. The land the of the free. That is being, exactly. The standard that is being acted out would be, would be much would, would be totally different. They say actions speak louder than words. Actions speak louder than words. And right now, what like to your point, what we're seeing in our actions as yes. a country, not, not in the long run. Yes, mm -mm. yes, we're not. Mm -hmm. it, we're not reflecting. We make it sound good. Oh, we make it sound real good. Shoot, we make it sound good. We do, especially if you talk to people who come from third world countries who fight to get over to America. What their perception is of America and the opportunity versus what it actually is. Yeah of how people are in America, how free you are to just pursue your own religious beliefs yeah. versus what it really is like. What it really is like. Two totally different things. Yeah, what it, what it really is like. You know, they, um, you know, to some people, having Barack as president was enough. That, that was proof that, <laughs> in a lot of ways, that was proof that Black people... <laughs> You have the same opportunity as, as everybody. We've had a black president. Okay. See? That was truth. But the same thing could work on the other side. Look, he was on drugs. This is who they are. Look, he had a warrant. So guys, this is really who they are. They say that. Well, so I have I had someone tell me that I should be so grateful and so happy because of the success that I have achieved in my career. Hey, As a black hey, woman, hey, a black woman, <laughs> I should. You should be so proud. You worked hard, and you and you did it. You succeeded. I said, yeah, I had to work twice as hard. Yeah, to this point than any of my counterparts, only to be one of three black women at my rank or higher in my whole county. Mm-hmm. The day yeah, come, right, I'm proud of it. Yeah, I worked for it, but you cannot tell me. That there was not a disparity in the numbers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
Because if we if we didn't if if our society was equitable, if if we did not have to work twice as hard, then the, then we would have comparable numbers to the white men and the white women and the Hispanic men who are in leadership in in, in this county in law enforcement. Yeah, because the numbers the numbers would reflect or be reflective of. The, the population, the population, the demographic, the number of people in that area. If you are in a predominantly black area, you should see a predominantly black uh, numbers in different institutions. Mm -hmm. Same, same for the other side, right? But if if the numbers are off, mm -hmm. if the numbers are off, there has to be a problem. Numbers don't lie, as they say. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. But those are the facts that they don't pay. That's the evidence and the fact that they don't pay 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 attention to. Well, it's not presented. And, and mind you, in this day and age, you could do your homework. You could dig deeper than accepting the headline that they give you. Mm -hmm. And that's what we don't do. We take headlines because we're in a, a thumb scroll society. I just need that quick little short snippet, that little bite. But we're not truly educating ourselves on anything. Mm -mm. We're, not, we're not educating and we're not questioning ourselves on anything. Mm -mm. No, we're just... We're just we're we're content with the the little bit of information we we receive that might comfort us. Yeah. Or, or that might get us to a point where we're like, okay, we can deal with this. Mm -hmm. And sometimes to dig a little deeper, it hurts a little more. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't want to do that. We don't want to be that honest with ourselves a lot of the time. No. No, that's no, why, no, no, no. That's no. why, that's a lot of reason why relationships fail, right, is that lack of honesty in the relationship that Black America has with white America is failing and it's showing. Every relationship eventually hits roadblocks and all, all the things on the surface that seemed like it was good in that relationship to everybody else is now coming out. And either it's going to end up in divorce mm -hmm. or we're going to go to counseling and <laughs> we're going to get better. Yeah, <laughs> We're going to come out much stronger. It's going to take a while. We definitely, we definitely need some counseling. I heard the other day uh, this conversation, some, and I'm pretty sure you probably heard it, but somebody um, asked the question, like, what's the point of the protest? So you protest and then what? Same thing and with what? the NBA. Same thing with the NBA, right? And so my response to that was people don't understand the purpose of the vehicle. There's multiple ways to skin a cat. There's multiple vehicles to get a job done. The purpose of the protest is to bring attention to a problem that is has persisted for so long. It is not the change. It is one of the vehicles being used. Another vehicle is voting. What's the purpose of voting? To get the wrong people out and the right people in. But then what's the next vehicle? The next vehicle is to hold the people you get in office accountable for the things that you expect and need to change. There's so many different vehicles. So when people say the protests don't have a plan, the protest wasn't meant to have a plan. The plan and the purpose design was to keep bringing attention to something that you want to go away. Yeah, but we're not working. Um, we're not working it. We're not working the protest. Go ahead, Nosia. One of my my boss has a saying. She always she says it almost daily. Inspect what you expect. Inspect. Yep. Mm -hmm. And you know we'll protest, and then you know we urge each other to go vote, and some of us do, and then we get these people into office, and then what? Where's the follow through? Like you said, do we hold them accountable? If we don't, if they don't make good on, you know, what they told us they would do if we if we got them into office, what are we doing about it? Yeah. Nothing. We just yeah. ride out their turn and wait well, for the next one. And then we just go through the same cycle. We go through the same cycle and we we ha we haven't pushed hard enough. Like 
I was super excited about the NBA when they decided to um, protest. But I would have really have loved for them to, to not play, to not come at back all. at all. Yeah. Because imagine, you don't come back now, whereas the protest, you know, your, your Trumpers would say, oh, who cares? We didn't watch it anyway. Okay, fine, good. Don't watch it. But now, who's it hurting? It's hurting those billionaires. It's killing their pockets. Money. Okay, so now that billionaire or that person that may not necessarily be a supporter of the current occupant, but may have some connections. Hey, man, now you put pressure on them to move some stuff to get some stuff done. Like like the UFC. Imagine Dana White is a, a, a loud trumper. Imagine if his fighter said, listen, we ain't fighting until we get some action done. Now we're going to hit Dana White. Your, your pockets is broke. And that's yeah. how you reenact change. And that's the purpose of the protest and the change. So although we're, we're moving in very, very baby steps, what may seem very minute is a building block. Because the next step, you just can't cancel one game. It's counterproductive at this point. Yeah, to go back. Exactly. It's, it's counterproductive to go back, but they're going to go back. So now, not if it happens again, when's it happen again? What's the next point? But we haven't been ready to jump off that ledge yet for, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I think I understand it. Why? Um, because I just don't think money's enough. You know, they have millions of dollars, so they'll be fine. But it, it's not enough because I don't think we have the resources in the correct places. Mm-hmm. to really have a sustainable movement where we just, we got to hit the pockets. Is it too that, late to, have a, to come up with a sustainable plan? It's what? never too late. You want to know why no. this issue is ongoing? It, 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 it's never too late. I, I, did the, I think the, the question for me, and I'm not even going to say better question, the question is for me is can we? Who's our leader? Who's going to organize this plan? Well, you're going to have to pray about that. Holy Man. We don't, we don't have a leader. So we don't have a leader. We don't have an organization. We don't have unity. We don't have the resources. So at Again, best. Can the, it be done? Is this a, a moot point? No. No, it's, it's not. not moot. It's not mute. It's not mute. Um, it's not. It's not a moot point because... You have children. Shane has children. I have children. And as long as there's breath um, in my body, we're going to keep fighting. I'm going to continue. And please, I don't want any anybody listening to this to take it wrong, to take it as um, I'm anti-law enforcement because I'm not. I'm a part of that community and I do it proudly. I am um, I'm just honest about the issues with the, what we call the criminal justice system and, and it's, it's inju- injustices, especially against brown people. Can I um, jump, hold that point. I just want to jump in and I have your back here and I'm telling you, I have your back. So I'm saying this, Nelsie is not saying this. You are a sucker if you're offended by anything because mm-hmm. all we're asking is for you to love us the same way we love you. And if we didn't love you, we wouldn't be asking for any change. If we didn't love this country, if we didn't want it to be the best that it possibly could be, if we didn't respect and know that we need law enforcement, we wouldn't be asking for change. So asking for change and asking for you to be on board with us doesn't mean that we don't love you or we don't want you to be a part. We just want you to be as good as you possibly can be. So Nelsia didn't say it. Shane said it. You are a sucker, a punk, part of the damn problem if you're offended. 
And, then, and post, you need to play that part twice. You need to that 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 need to go through twice. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, go ahead, Nelsie. Um, I just had to step in and get you back there. I mean, I mean, but you said it. You know what I mean? There's nothing. It, it's just so frustrating. I'm like I was saying. I'm proud. Of, I'm proud of the profession that I chose. I'm proud to be a part of it. I'm very honest in my in my stances on um, that there is corruption and it needs to be fixed and it does not work in in the favor of Black people. Um, and and I have to be honest in that because I have a responsibility as a Black woman who's married to a Black man, who's raising Black children, who has Black brothers and sisters. Um, so I don't even know how to verbalize the, the varying feelings that I have um, about this because there's honestly a problem, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not giving up. I hope to use my position in law enforcement to invoke change with those that I'm around. You know what I mean? And stand up for us on that side of the line. I'm in that position. So let me use that seat to have these conversations. I had a conversation with my sheriff about, about the lack of accountability and how I see it as a black woman. Not as his employee, but as somebody's mother. I just wish there were more of us having those conversations. And I don't know if they're not. But I don't think that law enforcement is honest. It's not even, I don't think, I know that they're not honest about, about what we're doing in this country. I just wrote that same thing. We need honesty. I just literally, from the, from the moment I crossed that T, we need honesty. And you know, something, something, something honesty, think about it. I also I often hear police, one of the things that they knock about black culture is that, well, somebody do wrong in y'all community, we come through and try to help y'all community and y'all don't tell us who it is. So y'all don't snitch. Y'all have the no snitching clause. But, but don't y'all have the same thing within y'all department? <laughs> the blue code? Mm -hmm. So what in the blue hell are you telling me? It's, mm -hmm. a, it's the same exact thing. There's a bad apple, you won't point it out. There's a killing in the hood. You ain't pointed out. So what makes you any better than that bad neighborhood? What makes y'all better, any better than the people that's killing in Chicago? What's the difference? Oh, I saw this. I saw this, uh, this quote. It said, hey, uh, police officer, I know not all of y'all are bad. However, as you stated, uh, I think it fits the description. <laughs> right? Mm. As yep. you stated, he fit the description. Yeah. And I think that that's what people don't understand about what's happening. Like, I just want to feel protected. Yeah. I just want to feel the same protection that you feel. I just want to go home. I want to go home every day because before I'm anything else, I'm a person who has a family that's connected to me, who is counting on me to help provide for them a better life. And I just want, like, that's the honesty that I think all of us want to feel regardless, like you said, Nelsie, a profession of title of race. I'm a person I'm a and person. I want to feel like that. And I don't, I don't, man. 
So my um, one of my coworkers, the same one who you know told me I should be so proud of how I've made it in in this field as a black woman. You know, you worked hard and you did it, and and it's the same. He, he's a Hispanic man. It's the same thing for me. You know, I had to struggle. It wasn't handed to me. Yeah, I can respect that. I said, but the difference is you don't have to to live through the black experience in America. You don't have to worry about sending your your 16-year-old son to the bus stop at 5 o'clock in the morning when it's dark. And because it's cold outside, he has a hood. And he looks like he's in the wrong neighborhood. And the wrong person approaches him. And he doesn't get the chance to say, my father is a deputy. My mother's a lieutenant. He doesn't get the chance to do that. I live with the fear that a lot of my counterparts will never have to experience. And there's nothing in this world that I can say to them to make them understand it. Absolutely nothing. We can have a conversation every day from sunrise to sundown and they will never understand Mm -hmm. what my heart goes through. I heard about Jacob Blake and I cried. George Floyd and I cried. Breonna Taylor and I cried because I'm so tired. And they will never understand. Because their kids get to go out and walk and, and, and go to malls and do hang out with their friends and not be considered suspicious. Or they dismiss it simply because they've never experienced it. Mm. <laughs> So therefore, mm-hmm. it doesn't even exist. We we've never. What are you talking about? That's that's not even real. That doesn't happen here. <laughs> in America, what? I've never seen that happen here. In this neighborhood, shoot, you no, guys have a black we, president. We have a black president. <laughs> and you know, you now have a you now have a a, a black v- oh, vice president nominee. My God. Uh, did y'all notice how she became like a whore overnight, according to the media? Oh, she ain't black enough. She, she's not black American. It didn't even get overnight. Her, <laughs> like in a couple hours. From the United States. Yo. She's claiming Inglewood and she grew up in Canada. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they kill me. Yo. Y'all was crying and I, I can't say I was resisting. I was holding it back. Um... But it's, it's just kind of like I'm at a space where it's just kind of like, I don't want to say comical, but I've accepted where we are, who we are, and what it is. And it's like, is it even worth, is it worth doing anything but fighting and being as loud as you possibly can? Like, I mean, I, I totally get the emotion. I, I was, as I said, I was going, I was trying to be the cool one in the room and just hold it back. But like, you can be it, as cool it, as you want to be. It, but it's, it's a, but you know what it is, Nancy? It's a numbness. I am numb. I, I am numb. Like just a second ago, you said, "What? What? What do they want? You know, what are they doing?" I'm numb. But I am you want to know what? Just hearing you say that breaks my heart. Yeah. Because you want to, you know how freaking enormous this weight has to be for you to become numb to it. Yeah. Yeah. Just that, like that is horrific to think about. Yeah. This I, I, weight is so numb. I mean, this weight is so enormous that you can't even feel it. Mm-hmm. 
like a Novocaine. Like, what do they do when you go to the dentist when you get a good feeling? They numb that area so you can't feel nothing. I'll offer this. I think we're numb in in spurts. Because for me, breaking down then, y'all know me. That's probably a matter of fact, maybe the first, maybe second time in our 20 years of knowing each other that you've ever seen me get that emotional. I ain't never seen it. That was the first time. I think that's my second. So imagine... Like Y'all know said, I'm a crybaby anyway, but whatever. <laughs> but even still, imagine how enormous this weight got to be when you really think about it. And so I think we're numb as first because most of the time I can grit through, right? The tough times. I can grit through. I'll suffer in silence because that's, that's, that's what I've had to do for so long. That's what we've all yeah. had to do for so long. So Shane, I don't, I don't take offense to, you know, you being numb to it. I recognize that about you and I know what at your core who you are but i know i know one of the things that i know about you is you're a fighter as we all are fighters and so as as all of this continues to happen your response is to fight yeah. and keep fighting and also although you are numb that's a part of your uh battle strategy mm-hmm. if i could put it put it into a term your battle strategy is I got to remain numb so that I can be clear-headed enough to know strategically how to fight and what weapons I have to use. Fact. Well, you want to know what, though? But hearing you say that, um, I think I disagree. I don't think um, Shane is numb. I think he's calm. No. What? I mean, Calm but... before the storm? Because, think about it. Think about the things that, um, how Shane reacts when these things happen. The things that, that Shane posts, you can see the rage that is inside. That's not numbness. You're just able to maintain an exterior calm about yourself. And that's good because um, if you let it out, they're gonna make you one of the bad guys. You're gonna be demonized. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. More than you already are just for having that brown skin that you have. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I, I get that. Calmness I, is important. Um, thank you out to everybody is, that, that, that sends me messages that I need to tone it down. I don't think you need to tone it down. I think you need to keep going. But it's usually on the professional side. It's usually on the professional side. So so check this out. Last time you guys had me on, um, a bunch of people listened to it and I got a lot of feedback and somebody told me, and she wasn't wrong, um, but she told me I need to be mindful about some of the things I said because I can't give anyone ammunition to turn my words against me and to make it sound like, you know, to make me the bad guy. And while I can agree with that notion in terms of terminology, semantics, I stand by everything I said. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I wouldn't tone down what I said. A couple of spots I may have um, been able to use a better term to refer to some things. But no, my sentiments remain intact. I meant what the hell I said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think my attitude why I say I'm numb because it's like I throw it out there and I've landed here. I'm Chuck. And I don't, and I don't give, give up. You fill in the mm-hmm. blank. How, how, however yeah. you want to take it, however you want to feel, whatever it happens, what happens, whatever the ramifications is, I'm good with it because I would rather stand for something hmm. which will always be decency and morality. And common sense, guys. That's the, a lot of this is just common freaking sense. 
Mm-hmm. All right. I would rather stand for that than to sit here and pacify your feelings. And I say that to anybody that would want to be offended. I, I don't care about your feelings. Y'all don't care about our feelings. The system doesn't care about our feelings. Don't so care about our life, let alone our feelings. Come on now. So you're lucky that all I'm doing is posting on Facebook. You're lucky. Have you guys seen that? The um, segment of Michael Shea's stand-up where he's like, black lives can't even matter. Can we just get matter? Like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> just matter. Just give me the matter, son. <laughs> just, give <me> the matter. <laughs> just, just give me the matter, son. Like, that's all I need. Nothing more <laughs> Just matter. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> you guys got to check it out if you haven't seen it. But it's like, it makes so much sense. Just matter. Yep. Just be okay with our existence, like. Yo, that's crazy. Black lives matter. You know what I would be with with okay with? If they even just said, oh, sure they do. And stop there? Just stop there. There's going to be a butt. The butt's coming. Exactly. (laughs) You can't even. You. It is so ingrained for you, whatever it is, I can't even describe it, that you just can't say, sure they do. Sure they Look out the sure. I'll, I'll make it short. They do. But. <laughs> <laughs> we can't even do it. <laughs> oh, we can. We can. My, my butt wasn't, wasn't my own. My oh, butt is I know what I'm saying. people. <laughs> guess what? Every time you did it, it felt like it was supposed to be there. And again, it, it's, it's the... Time, go ahead. Every time I've had those conversations with someone who is not Black, that's how it goes. I say Black lives do matter. Yeah, they do. But, yeah, they do. However, <laughs> but Lieutenant, but, you know, it's... How about? <laughs> what about? Considered? What about? <laughs> well... <laughs> hey, I won't say I'm but. Saying, I'm not saying that they don't. I'm not saying that they don't. What I am saying. <laughs> so are you saying <laughs> you know <laughs> I would like to interject. <laughs> Have you thought about <laughs> Yo, yo, we can do this all day. Yeah, because that's how the arguments have come back. That's how that's how all of the counters have come back. And it's like, think about what you're saying. It's not people understand this, right? When you're communicating with someone, there's three elements. There's what you said, what you think they heard, and what they actually heard. Mm-hmm. So going back and forth in these debates and these conversations, and you say, they do matter, but although you may have had good intentions in just trying to raise a point or a counter argument, understand that what that person heard was, they do matter, but not really. Even though that's not what you said. Or or they heard, they matter more than yours. Yeah, because a but usually means you're putting something above whatever mm-hmm. you just stated. Mm-hmm. Just matters, that's it, that's all, that's all we want. That's, <laughs> a, that's our goal at this point. Well, yeah. You know, once we get that, then we'll move on to the next step. We we would have a roving. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
today, y'all can say it matters. And y'all had a black president. And he wore a tan suit, bruh. <laughs> 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 the biggest scandal ever. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it's, uh, it's just a lot. I will say it feels good to laugh during these times. As that's, heavy as all of this is, man. That's a saving grace, bro. But you want to know something? That's one of my favorite things about being black. What? Our plight, our struggle has developed in us the ability to laugh through the tears. Mm-hmm. Think about it. And, and some of it is ignorant as hell. You know black should be ignorant as hell. But every time something happens, something comes out to give us something to laugh about. Mm-hmm. Something. And because we need it, because the magnitude of what we're dealing with, it is unbearable. So when we talk about needing outlets, and you know, that's one of our outlets, laughter. I think it's a defense mechanism. 100%. But I think that is part of what gets us from today to tomorrow. <laughs> Man, I got to laugh through today in order to get to tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do. Pulled over by the cops standing on the side of the road in handcuffs while they suspect that you are drug trafficking. And you're Mm. pleading your argument left and right, and it just doesn't seem to get through. This probably sounds very similar to having an argument with somebody who who is refuting your point in everyday society. But you ever find yourself at the end of that, just start laughing like, (laughs) all right. That's actually happened to me. I know. I know that's why I started with I'm standing on the side of the road in handcuffs because understand that it feels like the same situation. I go back and forth and I'm trying to plead my argument and show you why I'm saying what I'm saying and why I believe what I believe. And then I get to a point where I realize there is no progress going to be made here. So you know what? How do I make it to tomorrow? Let me laugh through this. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. That's the picture that I want people to imagine if you're not a black person or a person of color who's been in that experience. Imagine because you can't feel it. You can't relate to it. You've never been through it. Mm -hmm. They just can't. Yeah, that's 100% right. Because that actually happened. And I do remember seriously after it happened, just chuckling. Because that that was my, um, I guess that was my way of dealing with it. And what I described and that's how you kept wasn't from breaking down. Yeah, that's how you keep from breaking down. That's how you de-escalate the situation. However, there are people who will antagonize it. And what I described was a real situation. Me on the side of the road in handcuffs, pleading my case that I'm not drug trafficking. Yeah. I laugh, and you know what the antagonizer did? What's funny, boy? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that really happened to you too? Yeah. Because you know, but but here's here's where my brain is. I'm tripping. But yeah, what stuck out to me about that story, and this is part of me. This is just my imagination. When you first told a story, it's kind of like four guys in a room, and a girl walks by, a fine young lady, and one of the guys said, "Man, I was with that last night." And the other guy looked up and says, "Me too." 
And the third guy was like, oh, I was last week. And then eventually you realize that all of y'all have been through the same thing. So how, how are we making this up? Like, I was really tripping. Like, I thought you was making a hypothetical st- uh, statement. And that's why I was like, yo, that happened to me. Like, really? It happened to you? And then you were like, oh, it happened to me too. It's like, oh, wow. So, Vic, I've probably seen you in the last 10 years, maybe four times. Mm-hmm. It ain't like we in the same place. Right. You know, in the last 20, maybe I've seen you. I don't think we've lived in the same city for the last 20 years, more than about maybe four or five months. The summer's in between graduation. So your experience and my experiences, and before then, we was always together. So your interactions with the police has probably been so much different 20 years apart. Has been probably the same, although we've been in different locations. How are we making this stuff up? That's amazing. That is, that is amazing. Consider this. We don't talk about those experiences, right? We don't. One, we don't, we don't want to relive them. Yeah. But that's what this moment in history is about, is talking about all of those experiences and why it's so important that the protests and the demonstrations continue. Not the looting and the violence. Yeah. The protests and the demonstrations and the conversations need to be said and continue. We yeah. have to keep talking about it. Because you need to hear these experiences. You need to hear how I've had numerous incidences Mm -hmm. where I'm in fear of my life. And that has now transitioned into fearing for my kid's life. I have a black son. Mm -hmm. I can talk to him about, hey, I can just ask him the question. Tell me about a time where you had a run-in with law enforcement. And my kid is a great kid. My daughter, tell me about a time when you had running with law enforcement and i'm willing to bet money it's going to be similar to my own and we are generations apart i i i worked hard to excel to get my kids and my family to a better environment in hopes that they wouldn't have to go through those same experiences in running into law enforcement however the problem is they still had those same experiences. Even when they move away and go away to college, it's a yeah. different department of law enforcement, but yet the yeah, experience still is still the experience. same. Yep. And that's yep. what scares me as a parent, knowing that there's nothing I can do mm-hmm. to shield them from it. Nope. Because it is everywhere. Somebody, um, somebody I was talking to said, um, these are isolated incidents, you know. You know, you don't know that George Floyd would have died if he was somewhere else. And, Yo. you, know, you guys got to stop treating it like it's this huge nationwide problem. I said the fact that it's happening so frequently all over this country, it makes it, and even it perpetuates the problem. Look, it, look at- it multiplies it. It magnifies it. It makes it worse. Here's the thing to that argument about it can't be a nationwide problem. The experiences that I've had weren't just in one city. I've moved and lived different places and had a very similar experience everywhere. Exactly. So it's not the culture of Kenosha, Wisconsin. It's the culture of law enforcement. Of America. let Let me throw this idea at you. A house starts with a foundation. That structure is only as stable as its foundation. If there are cracks in that foundation, the house is deemed unstable. 
unlivable, <laughs> right? A house will get shut down and deemed as unlivable, will not pass inspection. And so when you think about the building of this house we call America, the foundation was built on cracks in the foundation. The structure should be deemed unstable and unlivable. It should be condemned and it should be fixed. It should be tore down and rebuilt with a more solid foundation. The problem is we don't wanna put in the work and spend the money or the cost. We don't wanna pay the cost to tear it all down and rebuild it. Well, the, and that's the way to say it. We don't wanna pay the cost. We will, but well, how do you exactly pay the cost? Because I can, I can argue or I would state that the crack in the foundation, the root of the problem, it's not the, actually the police brutality to me. The problem is the perception of the black man. That's part of the foundation. The country that, no, that's built the foundation. on the backs. The, the, I, heard, I heard this quote. I don't know where I heard it. It was just last night. I think my wife shared it with me. Um, America is stolen lands built by swollen hands. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. that's part of the foundation. That's what went into the foundation. So I think that in using this analogy, it's important to point out that we're not talking about a foundation with one crack. Multiple. And You're I was right. going to say multiple, that when he was talking. Multiple, There's yeah. multiple, multiple cracks, cracks in the foundation. I agree. There isn't one. I agree. There's multiple cracks. I agree. There isn't, there isn't one, you know, sole issue that plagues America that has gotten us to this point. Um, it's a very long and complex history of issues. Right. Where well, that band-aids have been put on to fix, because when you think about an amendment, an amendment is keep what was first created, but amend slightly this one thing. What should have happened was, now nah, go back, scrap it, start scrap over it. fresh. Let's find something new. All of these changes that have been made, like you tearing down statues and all of that, that's an amendment. You're changing the Washington Redskins formerly known as the Washington Redskins name. That's an amendment. That ain't nothing. You got to tear it down and start over. So I will say, I don't think that is possible. It's only not, it's, it's not possible just because again, back to the point of, we're not willing to pay the cost it takes to do it. The idea sounds first absurd. We are, we are people, we are creatures of habit. And anytime you try to introduce something new, our brain has to use more energy and we don't like to do that. And is that the reason why we keep trying to get back to the norm? <laughs> yes, because it goes on autopilot. The brain it has been studied. There are neuroscientists who studied this. The amount of energy that the brain exerts when you introduce something new is so enormous. But when you operate on autopilot, when you operate in the norm, right, of what you've established, there's more efficiency. That's what the brain is designed to do, to operate with efficiency and conserve energy. Mm. To tear this thing down means you have to exert so much energy. I think that that is a aspirational notion in theory when we're talking about things. We have the ability to tear down things and rebuild them. We have the, the, the ability to dismantle systems and rebuild them. The, the, I think the bigger problem is we're talking about people. 
And in, at the core of this conversation, we're talking about people, like Shane said, the perception of the black man. That's not something how they, how black men are perceived, and you know, in the eyes of a lot of other people, that is not something that we can tear down and rebuild. I can't change. I can't change. You know, Billy's mind about how he sees Vic or Shane. I can't. How do we fix that? Yeah, and and here and here you go. What I think I'm leaning towards you, because in order to fix that. It'll, it will take, take away something from them. So this whole fight is to maintain what they feel is theirs. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing people talk about um, when, it, when it comes to the law enforcement, how it's retraining, retraining, retraining. We need to, you know, we need training, we need proper training. You can train all day, train all, all day, all night. How do I train the racism out of somebody? Mm-hmm. Okay. That that's not something I can do. Sure. Or they say we need more thorough hiring process to identify these issues and keep them out. You think Billy walks into his interview and say, Hey, I'm a racist. I'm looking to kill some of them. No. Okay. They know how to mask it to get to where they want to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If 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 we saw the the, the absolute true person every time we did an interview in any field nobody would ever be fired because we would know what we were getting mm-hmm. no their true colors come out later you know what i'm saying it's just we're talking about dealing with people and there is no exact science to people good point that Truthfully, that just made it even more discouraging because it's like, then that means there's no solution to this. This will never get better. And so it's so funny when Shane at the beginning asked us how we felt. I don't even know if I responded because I don't, I did respond, but I can't put a word to it because part of me, there are times when I feel discouraged and there are times when I feel defeated. But I've never been at a point where I'm, I'm done. I'm not done. I'm not giving up. So for me, it feels oxymoronic to say I feel defeated because I'm not, I know that I'm not. So I don't know what the word for that is. And I feel like I can't take anymore, but I know that I have to keep going. I know that I have to continue. Perseverance. Let me ask you this. So we've talked a lot about all the different scenarios and reasons as to why we feel discouraged and defeated. But also one of the feelings that I know that I felt, I don't know if y'all have felt, but I'm going to ask this question. In this current time, are there times that you felt hopeful, that you felt like change was possible? And what were those times? Maybe Barack. Maybe Barack. That was- I think I definitely felt like that when he got into office. I felt hopeful. Maybe Barack, but um, I never, I never, uh, talked about why I said um, you felt like he was the worst thing that worst thing that have happened because we weren't ready. We we weren't we weren't ready. Like Pac said, we're not ready to see a black president, and by advancing 
it, it's, it's almost like you put in, imagine putting an eighth grader on varsity just because he physically fits the stature. He's 6'3", 220 yeah. in the eighth grade. And you put him out there on that varsity field. That don't mean he ready. That don't mean he ready. So we put, we put Barack in that space. And because America looked like it was ready for diversity and change. It was diversity. And what it did was it put it, put him in there and it exposed us that we weren't, that we weren't for who we are at our very core Mm -hmm. at the very, what you said earlier, the very foundation at the very foundation of it. We were not ready for a black president. Yeah, it's like putting and too much weight on a kid's back. It, and it broke it broke the dam and it opened up the dam. So now we in this space. Like, because now everything is, is, is wide open. I cannot remember, I cannot remember race relations being this heavy and this in our face. We could say it's on the camera phones. We could say it's on the phone, blah, 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 blah. But I can't remember. And, that, and you know what's crazy about it, Vic? We went together at a predominantly white high school. So if we were to ever feel the weight, it would have been then. And you yeah, get tensions co- were not running this time. It was it was knowing. Of course, we got somebody. I got in a fight one time with somebody because they called me the N word. That was ninth grade, but that's that's an isolated incident. You get called the N word, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But it it has not been this really intense, heightened. Even you know, I graduated. We graduated high school. Went to Cookman, and I came to Auburn. I lived in Auburn for two or three years before Barack became president. So I'm feeling, now I could feel the weight of the area. I could feel being here. I could feel the fact that I was 50 miles away from Montgomery where Martin Luther King did his work, but it it was never in my face like this. And right now the weight of it is, is, is intense. But to your example, you think about the weight the, the interaction with it gets more intense as people get older because we went to a predominantly white high school and although kids may have been taught that in their home, they were still kids who were probably very few, bold enough, dumb enough to bring that to school. But as gotcha. I got older, I went to a predominantly white university. Yeah. They got older, they got bolder. Yeah. I'm an adult, they got older, they've gotten bolder. So you see it escalate with age, but that also means that time is passing. It becomes more and more ingrained and people get more emboldened to do those things. But, but by whom? They're being emboldened by the top. And that is, that is my problem with this particular president. It is the people, two problems, the people that he emboldened and that he gives power to and the battery that he put in their back and the, the fact that the people that are empowered by him are not willing to just point out the discrepancies, period. They're not willing to look themselves in the mirror and just point out the discrepancies. So now everybody's emboldened because the emboldened, the, 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 the battery starts from the top. It's mm-hmm. fused in. So now that was like, okay, hey, I can come out the closet now. Yeah. You know? So we, we're in a dangerous space, man. We're in a very dangerous space. Right now, I'm watching, I'm, I'm excited about this ele- election from um, an episodic TV perspective. Because, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like we're in an episode of This Is America. And each time something happens, that's a new thing. 
but I, I, I dread what happens either way. Like, I, what do we look like either way? I think for me personally, and I'm going to say something I've never said aloud before, I am more fearful if El Stupido doesn't get reelected of the ramifications of our society if El Stupido doesn't get reelected. That's just me speaking. That doesn't mean that I'm voting for him. That doesn't mean that I want him to get reelected. I'm just saying that I'm just very nervous of how this thing falls if he doesn't get reelected. Because they're already wound up and charged. L- look and at KKK Kyle. Look at KKK and Kyle. Room. And look and who he shot. might be unleashed. I knock on wood and I pray that, that you know, that we, we, we can get through this. And I can make an argument the other way. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap this conversation up because it's a good conversation. There's so much more to talk about. And we will talk about it in the future because we're going to keep talking about it. And we're going to encourage like, other people even, to keep talking. We didn't even get on disparity. Dang, we didn't. <laughs> Dang. Statistics ready, bro. Big, how much how much more time you got? Oh, you you got to go now. I was ready. No, I'm just talking trash. Um, I'm just gonna point you guys to an interesting website, but we could always do it another time. Yeah, we're gonna have this conversation because that was the whole point of me asking us to do this to keep the conversation going. Let's not let's not stray too far away from it because I hear people and I felt it myself that hmm, are we losing momentum a little bit? Is the, well, is the I, movement losing steam? I don't feel as though we talked about that any. I feel as though this was just more of a raw friends conversation. It's just a passionate conversation. Yeah, I don't think we talked about the momentum. And it's so odd that two weeks ago, the conversation was, and that's, we may have to come back, but the conversation was, were we losing energy? Mm-hmm. And then it was already reignited by another incident. Yep. That's unbelievable. Yep. And I think that that's why my, in my head, we're going to keep having this conversation. We're going to periodically come back to it. Yeah. With the show Purpose Addicts, right? We want to, we want to touch on a myriad of, of topics, but one topic we're going to keep coming back to as far as our contribution to the moment, to the movement, to help progress happen is mm-hmm. we're going to keep coming back and talking about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's where my head went. But in terms of wrapping this conversation up, I had a quote that I came across, W.E.B. Du Bois said. Du Bois. So Du Bois, excuse me. I'm from the South, we say Du Bois. Um, (laughs) So here's the quote. Either the U.S. will destroy ignorance or ignorance will destroy the U.S. Facts. (laughs) That's the only thing that needs to be said. As always, we appreciate y'all rocking with us, man. This is a great conversation. Shane, Nelsia, much appreciated. Keep, Keep hope alive. Keep fighting. Go live life on purpose. We out. I'm running for